0: This is Conversation with the Cooks, presented by Husker Sports, a monthly podcast with Nebraska volleyball coach John Cook and former All-American Lauren Cook, on this edition of Conversation with the Cooks.
1: That's when I really started gaining a lot of respect for Lindsay, just how she handled that, and again, being a farm girl, she was tough. She played three positions in her college career, played every match of her college career, started every match, and... Um, was a captain and did a great job and and she was not a highly recruited player and probably has the, uh, the lowest Husker performance index score of all time.
0: Conversation with the Cooks is presented by U.S. Cellular. U.S. Cellular, proud to be the official wireless partner of the Huskers. Now, here's your host, Lauren Cook.
2: All right, happy 2021. Welcome back to Conversation with the Cooks. We are glad to be done with 2020. And we're finally back after a much needed break. So baby Madden joined our family in November. Uh, So that was exciting. And then unfortunately, in December, uh, Grandma Cook passed away. So that was tough for our family. And I know she listened to every single one of these episodes, though. So um, we're going to dedicate today's episode to her and, and we sure do miss her. Anyways, Conversation with the Cooks is presented by U.S. Cellular. U.S. Cellular is proud to be the official wireless partner of the Huskers. So, Coach Cook, let's start this off. I want to know what your New Year's resolution was or is,
1: Um,
2: or do you even have one?
1: (laughs) I, uh, yeah, I really haven't made one because kind of we started before January 1st, so I we didn't and it really wasn't a New Year's, except it's 2021. It felt good to start writing 2021 on my practice plans.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be done with 2020. But here's, here's what I want to know. I heard you talking a big game in your presser the other day about how, I think someone asked you, a reporter asked you uh, how you feel about the national rankings. And you guys are ranked fifth. And you got a little cocky and said every time you've been ranked fifth, you've won a natty. What's up with that? <laughs> you normally don't I, say things like that.
1: I'm just presenting the facts. So <laughs> I know people like data, a datum, whatever you call it, and uh, just presenting the facts, and it gives them something to write about or think about. But, you know, also I've got my, you know, two of my captains sitting there listening to all, all that going on, and I want to send a message that, hey, we're confident. We're, you know, we have a chance to be pretty good. And, and uh, you know, last time that happened, we won natties. So maybe. Maybe there's some good in that.
2: I love it. New year, new you. <laughs> All right. Give us some updates from your practice schedule, what what that's looked like. Uh, your, this is the first ever spring season. To They came out with the match schedule, how you feel about that. Uh, give us an update on the newbies that are there. We can now talk about those three players. I think you guys have been dealing just with some some interesting things. Not so much injuries, but just – Some interesting things have happened because you think because of COVID and, you know, how you've handled practicing and weight. So talk about what some of the players are dealing with. Uh, I know Nicole Drunick opted out. Uh, Maybe you could touch on that. And then you guys are getting tested for COVID every day. So there's a lot of moving pieces, a lot of things going on. So just tell us about all the things.
1: Well, uh, you'll have to remind me some stuff. But the, (laughs) the first thing is you have to be adaptable. And so we talk to our team, and I've been saying this, just take it one day at a time. So we we talk about that one point at a time, one day at a time. This really forces you to have to do that because there's something going on every day. And you're right. We test every day now. We started on January 11th. Uh, We come in, and uh, we can't start the day. We can't do anything until everybody gets tested and everybody gets cleared. So it's a rapid test. You come in and you swirl on swirl your nose three times, hand it to this lady, and, and they put it in this machine, and they te- check everybody. So in about 20 minutes, they, they know if everybody's ready to go.
2: Wow. Um, Does it and hurt? One,
1: no, no. This okay. is you do it yourself. So now the oh. one, the PCR test, that, that if you test positive on this one, this one isn't 100% accurate. The PCR is the one they jam down your throat through your nose into your throat and you gag and all that. That's, that one's nasty. So anyway, once that happens, then we can start our day, whether that's lifting, video, rehab, getting and preparing for practice and going into practice. So that's kind of what starts every day is, is the testing lab down here in Devaney and, and the ladies over there running that. So knock on wood week one, we're, we're doing well, but you're always just kind of waiting for the shoe to drop. Cause I, you know, I'm men's basketball is right next door and, you know, they've shut down games and practices. And so it's, uh, you know, you just got to be ready to adjust for that. So, uh, anyway, that, that part of it's going, um, with the newbies are here. We call, you call them newbies.
2: That's what I'm calling them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what we call Is that them. what you call them? We call them newbies. Yeah. Oh, they daughter, daughter. like uh... we're on
2: the same brain wavelength.
1: <laughs> yeah. They're, uh, awesome and um, uh, Lexi Rodriguez and Ali Battenhorse are starting, their, they went through their first practice yesterday. We kind of been doing what we call privates with them to get them, as I said, can you guys go through a three hour practice? And I mean, you, you, know, you know, when you're a stud freshman, you're saying, oh yeah, sure, no problem. They go, nope. <laughs> so we spent about a week acclimating them in and doing privates with them. And then they were doing two days working out with Brian And they just went through their first practice yesterday. And anyway, they're really cute. Uh, Of course, Kennedy's rehabbing, so she's not going to be training with us this spring. Uh, But they're both stepped right in and and have done great. And And just
2: to clarify, they can't play, but they can practice, be in every practice with you.
1: Yeah. And we just got them cleared where they can travel as well. So we want to integrate them as much as possible. They'll do everything but play in a match.
2: Will Kennedy travel since yep. she's rehabbing? Okay, so yeah, all travel. everybody,
1: everybody's traveling because you know the trade-off is we want to leave them in the dorms on a weekend. Yeah, think about that. You know, where, where it's more risky, being with us or staying behind in, in a college dorm. Who knows what goes on on the weekends <laughs> in there? So, so we think this is the safest way. It keeps them engaged, and um, sometimes when freshmen get bored, they get into trouble. Not that these guys will, but they're so cute because. Every time I call them, you never talk to just one. They're, they FaceTime and they're all like snuggled up and they, they're all <laughs> together all the time.
2: That's <laughs> so good. They're, they're bonding already.
1: They're totally really, really, this whole, that whole freshman class is really tight.
2: It's uh, the dream team class. Yeah. So called the dream
1: team because that yeah. was the dream team camp they came to and.
2: They've they known each just, other.
1: Yeah, they all just connected. So anyway, yeah, the other challenge we're dealing with is is just trying to have everybody in practice. We have a lot of uh, – we're learning a lot about how important the off-season training is and to continue with that. And these breaks have really hurt some of them. And to be honest, I think the last couple of days are the first time I felt like, okay, we are we are moving, jumping, reacting at, at a high level – uh, and not sluggish and behind and, and, you know, wondering what they're doing here. So it, it's taken us almost two weeks to get where we're humming. Normally we're humming day one, but they just came off an eight-week summer program where they're running, they're jumping, they're moving, they're lifting. And anyway, I just felt like – I feel like we've been really sluggish. and But now you can start to see it. It's starting to evolve a little bit. So it's been pretty exciting. I think they were pretty excited. Um, last couple practices.
2: I'm happy to hear that. Okay, what about uh, Nicole Drunick opting out? Can you talk about that at all?
1: Yeah, we got back and ready to start and Nicole wanted to Zoom and um, she said she wanted to opt out because of COVID and uh, they've had some, I don't know if it's relatives or friends in Brazil who have been impacted by COVID and she just felt she wanted to opt out. So what, what that means is, is she can still go to school and she still gets her scholarship and, but that's about it. And she can't can be around the team or do anything with the team. So uh, she's out, you know, not playing this semester.
2: Okay. And then just talk about the practice schedule and then how you feel about the match schedule practices. I know you've had a couple two a days, um, but are they're not in school. So how are you, are you handling it like a traditional preseason um, where you're doing two a days and and you know practicing every day or is it more like how I guess how you practice during the season where it's just that one afternoon practice
1: well um I was going to treat it like this is a true preseason because it's three weeks and then we're playing and and uh so we we're going to do our, usually our first two weeks we go two a days so typically our week is Monday two practices Tuesday two practices, Wednesday one, Thursday two, Friday two, Saturday one, Sunday off. We started off with that, but I realized our players weren't going to be able to handle that type of workload. So we backed off. We're just down to one practice a day. And part of that is we're a little bit thin at outside hitter depth wise. So I want to really make sure we don't overdo it with those guys and also at the setting position. So we're just going on to one practice today, but it's a great quality practice, and we go really hard for that for three hours. And so we feel like – and, again, I, I we have a veteran team, so they know what they need to do. And sometimes as players get older, I don't want to overtrain Lawrence Stevens or Lexi's son. Uh, we're just managing a little bit, and it, it's been a long year. That's the other thing. So, anyway, I, I like what we're doing and, and how we're progressing. We may may not have progressed as fast, but we also know that we're going to have to probably, uh, as the season goes on, learn how to play two hard five-game matches back-to-back on a weekend. That's going to be the next big test. I don't know how to simulate that in practice. I don't know if we can.
2: Yeah, it's tough. How do you feel about your match schedule? Is I know that's kind of what you expected playing at this, you know the same team back-to-back nights. Uh, do you think it's pretty fair how they how they worked everything out? I know there's a few Big Ten teams that you won't see this season, but I guess how do the girls feel about it and how do you feel about the schedule?
1: Yeah, I, I really didn't ask the girls because I, I really don't care what they think about that. So, <laughs> um, But I think the Big Ten did a really good job, uh, and we, we primed them as coaches what we thought would be the best. I was probably one of the more vocal opinionators of – what we should do and how we should do it. But the idea was to be as safe as possible, play as normal schedule as possible, play as many teams in the Big Ten as you can. And so that's why we're playing the same team back to back. We're five weekends away, five at home, and we only go to the East Coast once. And so I I think we're going to Rutgers. So that means we're not going to Penn State, we're not going to Ohio State, we're not going to Maryland. Those are the long trips. They're expensive. Uh, So – uh, I think with everything going on, the the whole goal was to try to keep teams from traveling all the way from the west to the east and all the way from the east to the west. And I can't – I think Penn State comes here.
2: Last weekend, I think.
1: Yeah, Maryland, Maryland must come here. And uh, Ohio State comes here. So that might be their big trips coming this way, to either to us or to Iowa. So I think they did a great job. And we feel really good. I think it's going to be a really tough schedule. It's going to be very competitive. It's going to be hard to win two matches on a weekend for anybody. So, uh, and then you got to throw in the whole COVID thing if, you know, people get taken out. So, you said, it's just kind of one day at a time. But, you know, hats off to the Big Ten. I think they did a really, really good job of making a pretty interesting schedule. And ironically, 19 of our 22 matches are going to be televised.
2: Oh, I heard I'm that I'm guessing
1: the other ones may be streamed, the other three. But think about that. We're in the spring. That's you know, super high percentage of our matches being televised. And uh, so I think it'll be interesting for fans and people will be able to watch even though they you know the hard part will be not having anybody in Devanny.
2: Did you know that one hundred percent of your matches are on the radio?
1: Yes, that's always a given, and that's really, really important. And so you
2: don't even need to watch the t- TV; you just yeah. can tune into the radio for everybody. Well, I that.
1: tell Big Ten every year we don't need announcers because we just pipe in the radio feed to the Big Ten broadcasts, and that's what everybody wants. We'd rather hear anyway.
2: Yeah, that's. I've heard people try to sync up the video with our radio broadcast uh, so oh. they can get our commentary, but sometimes it's nice to be able to see what's going on.
1: Yeah, so many people have written to me that and told me that they turn off the volume and listen to the radio and watch it on TV.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. Well, if you, the, the three or four matches that aren't on TV, they are on the radio. We, we come through here at Husker sports network.
1: Yep. Oh, awesome.
2: I, I have a quick question if, okay, so let's uh, just simulate a scenario here. Say you're playing you're about to play a, you know, a team back-to-back nights, or let's say you play Friday night and you're about to play them again Saturday and you have a couple players test positive for COVID. They have to sit out. How, question A is how long do they have to sit out? And then question B is, let's say, you know, you mentioned you're low at the setter position or the outside hitter position. You know, let's say those couple positive tests are in those positions and you don't have, you know, you don't have a setter, you don't have an outside hitter. Do you just forfeit that match, or do you try to move someone, you know, have like a libero or someone else play in one of those positions?
1: Kind of the rules, I think, and we don't have these officially in writing yet, but the, the model, I think, is going to be if you have five hitters and a setter, you can play. If you go only four hitters and no setters, then you, you're not playing. So I, and, and in our schedule, we're not going to make things up. So, uh, so it's going to be, you know, They'll get canceled. So, okay. you know, that's the, going to be the interesting thing on the season is, you know, how many matches can everybody play?
2: And then how long, do you know how long the girls have to sit out if they do test positive, what that looks like?
1: If you test positive, you're out 17 days.
2: And is that for coaching staff as well?
1: Everybody. If you test positive, you're out 17 days. Oh, uh, not for coaching staff. No, because we don't have to go through, uh, the athletes have to go through a heart screening because they found some evidence uh, that uh, COVID can affect the heart. And so uh, there's a, they, they have to go through a screen. So our last player that tested positive, I mean, she was feeling great. She was like, had a cold and sniffles for a day, but she had, still had to wait it out and, uh, and then go through these screenings. And then, and then you actually physically see a heart doctor that he okays it that you can go. Because they found a small percentage of athletes. And, you know, of course, the basketball player at Florida, you know, they they haven't said if it was COVID he had in the summer, but he collapsed in a game. And and so that, you know, it kind of gets everybody's attention. And and, uh, so we'd rather be safe than sorry.
2: Yeah. I, I agree with that. Well, before we bring in today's special guest, I want to remind you all that today's episode is presented by U.S. Cellular. U.S. Cellular is proud to be the official wireless partner of the Huskers. All right. Do you know who today's special guest is?
1: No, that was a pretty cool read, though, there. We, we you know, having, having a sponsor of this show, U.S. Cellular, <laughs> cellular and... Uh, um,
2: yeah, it's hard to say. Cellular?
1: Pretty good. Pretty cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So thanks to Take them. Time. Big time, yeah. Thank you, U.S. Cellular. Uh, so do you know who the guest is?
1: Um, maybe. <laughs> is it going to be baby Madden? Uh,
2: no. <laughs> Madden is uh, – we need to get her on when you're holding her okay. and, have, and do the podcast while you're holding her and, and let Husker Nation see you as a grandpa.
1: But usually when I'm holding her, she wants to train. We're either, she's either doing arm swing work – we're working yeah. on jumping.
2: <laughs> that That's actually very true. And yeah. you're training her with her left hand, right?
1: Well, we're on the left, we're on the right, both hands. Okay. Got to be, gotta be a, like Jensel and Mua, you can hit, hit with either hand.
2: That's right, I remember that. Okay, yeah. well, uh, it's time to bring in our special guest, but she's nowhere to be found, so can you yell across the office and, and tell her to get on?
1: <laughs> I just did. <laughs>
2: Well, today we're going to bring in uh, Lindsey, used to be Wishmeyer, but now Peterson. Uh, she's the director of volleyball operations, so she deals with you literally every single day. And she's, how long has she been your director of ops? 15 years?
1: 2006.
2: And then she played for you before then.
1: Yep. So, so Lindsey's been a part of all four national championships, one as a player, three as a director of ops. And she's the
2: secret weapon.
1: Yeah, so I basically have known her, and we when she
2: uh, did you recruit her?
1: No, Coach Pettit did. And you know, the other thing is she played three positions. How many how many players in college volleyball can say they played three positions?
2: Lindsay's probably and, the only one. Um,
1: but so anyway, when she told me she wanted to go into coaching, I said, "Well, you got to go away from here to see what the real world's like." And so I'd stay. I'd stayed a little bit in touch with her. She was at. I think West Virginia, and then at Colorado State, or um, Colorado, Colorado and, and then we hired her back here as Director of Ops. So she kind of went into that world and came back and has been here ever since.
2: We're, yeah, we're going to have her tell her story. Hello, Lindsay. Hello. Good to see you, Mama. Hey, thank you. Welcome to uh, Conversation with the Cooks. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, one. You are one of my favorite people, so uh, I'm excited to have you on today. And we were just talking about uh, just you and and your journey. And I I want to know, did you prefer playing for Coach Cook or do you prefer working for Coach Cook, or maybe which one was worse? Yeah. (laughs) Well, he he's gotten a little soft in his
3: old age, so (laughs) softer now as a coach. I'd like to play him this way just to see how it go, but. No, I I think I got the best of both worlds. I got the tough guy, you know, he was hard on us and um, pushed us to be, you know, to the highest level. And now I get to work with him and see him, um, how he's developed and grown as a coach and adjusted to the differences that you deal with with athletes these days. And um, I get to witness that and work with him in that area. So, you know, I I joke. I'm like, geez, we would never have gotten away with that if we would have played. Or you're too soft on him. No, but I guess it's I guess it's how it is this day these days.
2: So he he actually admitted that he's gotten softer the other night at dinner. Oh well, good. I know. So at least uh, he he knows that he's soft. Yeah, it's not just me saying that. Yeah.
1: Well, I have right. a new I have a new New Year's resolution now.
2: Oh, you, now you be, do. Be tougher. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay good I'll hold you to it yeah. do you, Lindsay do you have a new year's resolution we were talking about those um you know I don't do a traditional resolution
3: I kind of do it as like now that I'm a mom it's more like my resolution is to try to you know have more grace each day as a mom as a you know wife as a co-worker whatever it is and and just I feel like there's I'm not, not going to say I'd like to lose 15 pounds, even though, Hey, I'll take it if I can, but, um, just the, just the patience. And, um, I think, you know, as you've learned to being a parent each day, each year, and each day is sometimes a challenge. So Mm -hmm. those days, and if I can do it gracefully and more gracefully than I did the year before, I feel like
2: success. Well, I want to talk a little bit about your personal life and especially your kids. You have four boys Yeah. So give us their ages. Drake's the oldest. Drake's the oldest. Drake's
3: seven, is in first grade. And then Jax is in kindergarten and just turned six right before Christmas. And then I have Ronan, who is three, but acts like he's 15, I think. And and then my little man is Nash, and he's going to be 15 months here at the end of the month. Okay. And then you have a dog. You just got a puppy. Just have a puppy, CJ, not probably one of the better decisions Ty and I made <laughs> as parents getting a puppy with four young boys and then going through all that. But yeah, CJ is adjusting. I mean, why not add a little more craziness to our lives? You have some cats. We have some cats, but they're just barn cats. So. And then you have some horses too, right? I got horses. I have two horses um, right now and working on maybe add to that group. Uh, okay, a couple couple of boys are wanting their own horse now. Do you ever get any sleep? <laughs> you know, I, I joke. I joke with uh, Ty sometimes. I'm like, "Wow, was it me or was that a good night's sleep?" I think we we're only up two or three times. <laughs> he he didn't make it up both uh, two or three times, but you know, it's it is what it is. And I know these years are gonna go by quick, but um, yeah, I'll, I, I, I'm kind of actually excited for road trips. Because, I catch up on my sleep (laughs) road trips. So uh, Ty's a little jealous that I'm going
2: to be traveling next week. And Ty's your husband. And you and Ty met at Northern Colorado. He was, a lot of people don't know this, but he was the football strength coach? Well, he was the strength coach for the entire, you know, like the whole athletic department. Okay, There was
3: only one strength coach for all the sports. He was the head strength coach over and um, oversaw all the sports. And we actually met because when I interview one of the reasons the coach brought me there is he asked if I would run the the strength and conditioning program for him because at Nebraska knowing all about Husker Power he thought that'd be great to implement there and I was like well I can try I'm not really a fitness expert in that area I've gone through the program but I don't know that I could really break it down so um, when I first met Ty the coach introduced us and just said yeah she's going to be taking over the, the program so I'm sure he thought highly of me the very first time we met but um, yeah he's he was a strength and conditioning coach there Um, that was really where he uh, his passion I think is yet is coaching and stuff and um, now he just gets to come along and and coach the boys these days
2: he another thing Husker Nation probably doesn't know is he actually trained me uh, all through high school and I have to give a lot of credit to Ty because I was in the best shape of my life. And I, I, I'm small. I mean, you're small too, for a volleyball player. So you need, you know, all the muscle power you can get. And, uh, Ty really Ty put me on another level and I give, yeah, I have to give him credit for part of the reason why I was able to play at such a high level is because my body was in such good shape. Yeah. I remember some of those mornings, sims. saying, I've learned today, I'm going
3: to try this workout on her and yeah. <laughs> Poor Lauren. (laughs) You might lose
2: Lauren as a client, but yeah, Yeah. glad you stuck with him. (laughs) Okay. So you started coaching and ended up a director of ops. So take us through long story short of your journey from where you started to where, you know, how you got to where you're at now.
3: Yeah. um, Well, volleyball was always such a huge part of my life. My dad was a coach. So growing up, I was kind of a gym rat while he coached uh, because we would get to hang out after practice. And then I got to college, and I, coaching was kind of in the back of my mind, but then I start, I was a business major, and I really wanted to be in a business suit every day and work in the business world, I thought. Um, and then Coach Cook actually told me uh, during while I was playing, during my playing career, I should consider being a coach. And so my fifth year, when I was done playing, I still had a semester left, um, a fall semester left before I graduated. So I came on as the student assistant assistant see a little bit more of the coaching firsthand and if I liked it. And I wasn't ready to give up volleyball, so um, decided I would try that route and actually got hired um, right after I graduated um, at Virginia Tech and went out there and coached for a year. Um, And then the position opened at Northern Colorado, and I decided I thought I wanted to maybe get my master's in sports administration. And they had a great department there, and Coach Pettit had reached out to me because he was mentoring that program at the time. And he reached out to me to tell me that there was going to be a position if I'd be interested in taking a grad position to coach and get a little bit bit closer to home. So um, it worked out that I went there. But two days before our season started, our head coach um, left and took a firefighting position. And so the assistant coach and myself as a GA ended up taking over the program and She was 25, I was 24, and we were running um, a program that had just moved to Division I. And so I didn't work on my master's at the time because of that transition. Um, And then I came back here to work camps, and I'd always had the hope of getting back to Nebraska, whether it be a coach or um, in some role. And John had told me that this is a possibility that the director of ops was leaving, and I had done pretty much everything the director of ops position entails at my other um, coaching gigs. And so it worked out that I made it back here and gosh, I've been here for quite a while. Now, now I realized that the other last night, in fact, in our meeting, when um, I was talking about one of the matches during my career and I said, well, you guys may not have been born yet. And I think only a couple of <laughs> their hands if they had been born. That really was like a wake up call
2: of how old I am and how long I've been here. <laughs> Dad, do you have any questions for Lindsay? You're awfully quiet over there.
1: No, I'm just listening. Um, uh, I thought when we hired her, she did have her master's. So No, I got my master's right. here. Yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> okay, Lindsay, I, I kind of call you Nebraska Volleyball's seventh woman because you're really the one who keeps this program up and running and so successful, and you make it easy for the coaches and the players. And tell Husker Nation – take us behind the scenes, you know, what are you doing on a daily basis? And I know every day is different, but, you know, how do you keep Nebraska volleyball at such a high level? And uh, just tell us the ins and outs of your job. And, you know, I don't, I I don't think Husker Nation truly knows like what goes on behind the scenes. So just take us there and and talk us through kind of what you're dealing with and worrying about, you know, constantly on that day to day basis.
3: Yeah, well, one of the most intriguing parts about this position is that changes and here I am in what my 14th 15th season and here we are again going through something that we've never gone through so it'll be another totally different year Um, but behind the scenes and the organizing it's just um, I feel like my job is to make the coach's job easier so whether it is you know organizing travel um, setting meetings uh, for them for coach cook with Uh, administration or his radio or whatever it might be just so his schedule is is uh, kept up to date Um, running our camps and clinics to um, budget so I constantly have my hands on um, how we run money through and process through in our program and the planning of what we're going to need each year as far as travel goes Uh, as far as what we're bringing in for teams I help coach work on the schedule to bring in teams for our tournaments each year and then that correlates back towards our budget because i need to plan accordingly for what those uh teams and stuff are going to require to host those tournaments um day to day it's you know answering the phones to daily emails to right now making sure that our testing schedule set up and everyone knows the logistics of getting tested daily and then Um, making sure our travel party is submitted to the Big Ten each week so they know who we're testing and who can travel and who's going to be allowed in our tier one, tier two um, testing and talking with hotels because each state obviously has different state regulations right now as far as what they can provide for us. So whether we are doing our meals in-house, if we have to carry meals in while we're on the road, um, if we have to work with the bus company, get our bus driver tested, pilots, all that. I mean, it was a pretty quick turnaround trying to get hotels and charters and everything right now with the timing of the schedule coming out. So things are a little more rushed this year and there's a little more uncertainty. So we're going to kind of go into next weekend and see how it goes and probably have to make adjustments from there just because it's the first time and each state and each um, institution that we go to has a little bit different list of protocols and standards that we have to meet.
2: I'm sure it's been a nightmare trying to because the schedule just came out and then yeah you're trying to coordinate the charters and the buses and right. the hotels and meals and I mean and you're you're not just doing this for the coaching staff I mean it's the players it's even you know back when JB and I were able to travel with the team I mean you're helping coordinate for a JB and I and we're just some radio personality it's I mean you're really covering the entire travel party and that's you know that's Nate Pohl and the SID I mean that's anyone else who's if pat logston you know whoever's going it's you're taking care of all of that
3: yeah we try to i mean i think that's one of the advantages to having played for coaches obviously i know his expectations and standards that he has so having done it for so many years it helps me um as our travel party changes each year and people come in and out of who's going just to put everybody on the same page and and kind of take charge of everybody. I, maybe some people <laughs> appreciate me telling them where they need to be at what time, but um, I just think it makes the trip go easier and keeps us, you know, routine and on schedule. That's important uh, when we go on the road. So, but it's, it's easy because I work with a lot of great people. I mean, it's easy to keep them organized and um, everyone's kind of on the same page and has the same goals Then, when you tell them to do something, they're more likely to listen than everyone has, if everyone has a different agenda, it doesn't work so well.
2: I wouldn't say Coach Cook has high expectations. I would say he's high maintenance. <laughs> well, yeah. Do you sometimes I get those confused. <laughs> can you just give us like one or two good stories? You can roast him. This is your opportunity. Give us a, a, a Coach Cook high maintenance story. Well, sometimes at hotels, there's instances
3: where he doesn't like where his room is located, if he can hear the elevator, or maybe he doesn't like what the room smells like. It might have just been cleaned, or there have been, might have laid new carpet recently, so he'll ask to move him rooms because he doesn't like the smell of that room. Or But you know, those are just a couple of things. So we all know the, the food. I mean, he likes fresh eggs and fresh squeezed orange juice, and I've yet to find a hotel that lets me come back to the kitchen and make sure they do that. I request it, but I think <laughs> until they, he finds an eggshell in his eggs, <laughs> uh, orange peel in his orange juice, he won't believe me that it's fresh squeezed in real eggs.
2: Yeah. You can't have those fake eggs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's, what's your biggest challenge in managing everything that you have to, to manage in your role?
3: I would say that it's just making sure like you can be organized and managed and I could reach out to the bus company 15 times, but the bus still may not show up when you get there. And that's always, that's always a constant. I know as soon as we land, the first words out of John's mouth will be, where's our bus? And so, I mean, it's just, it's just how it is. Like you can be organized and some things fall through. Some things don't happen as you have planned. So I think just keeping, that in mind that as much as you have planned there's still little things that come up and I feel like every trip there's something like that no matter what and then trying to keep everybody on board calm usually everyone's pretty good there's only one person that probably stresses out the most about it I'll (laughs) let you guess who that might be but um, I mean just just making sure that it doesn't affect the trip
2: (laughs) speaking of stress how do you keep we we know coach cook does get stressed how do you kind of help him de-stress and And you're kind of that person who, especially on the road, who assists him with that. So what are your keys to keeping high maintenance, highly stressed out coaches, you know, calm and and cool and collected? Well, I think
3: just reassuring him of what the team has done in the past and situations and to remember to control what you can control and to focus on that and also just to that our team feeds off him so much. So trying to keep him calm and even if he has to fake it is good. So little reminders of taking deep breaths or, you know, if he's going to say something, maybe put his head down instead of saying it so that you know, the court can see it or whatever it is. Um, but also, you know, sometimes we'll work out together on the road and I know that's important to keep him, you know, in his routine and we on stress and, sometimes we'll run if we're at a place for a long time sometimes we run to church and it's just little things like that or making sure you know maybe it's going to get a chip cookie after a pre-game meal just to help him have that before the game to help you know a little sweet add a little sweetness to his um to his mouth instead of being so worried about the game so it's just it's different and and I mean, he's, he's, he's done a great job and he's just, I think it's because of the fact that he has such high expectations and wants obviously to perform at the top level every
2: night. And when you're dealing with 18 to 21 year olds, I get why it could be stressful. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wanna see how well you two know each other since you work so closely and, and you've known each other for so long. So, Lindsay, I'm going to ask you a set of questions about Coach Cook, and we'll see how well you answer. And then, Coach Cook, I'm going to grill you and see how well you know Lindsay. Got it. Okay. So, uh, Lindsay, what <laughs> what is Coach Cook's favorite cookie flavor? Oh, chocolate chip. Easy. Okay. How many bottles of Aquafina does he need right before a match? He needs three. And if the match goes long,
3: sometimes I have to grab him one in between two and three. <laughs>
2: beautiful okay what does he always carry in his pocket during a game mints do you know what t- what type of mints oh it's the
3: um oh gosh i can't think of the name of them they're in little tins i can't think yep of them. the name Al- altoids altoids yes Altoids. Yeah. And they, okay. they're the mint flavor it's not cinnamon or anything like that it's like peppermint yeah I think. Right. peppermint white peppermint
2: okay so you passed with flying colors <laughs> <laughs> All right, Coach Cook. <laughs> let's put you in the hot seat. Great. What are Lindsay's kids' names?
1: Drake, Jax, Ronan, Nash.
2: Nice. Okay. And her what dog's is
1: name is CJ. I just learned that today.
2: Do you know? Do you know what CJ stands for? Uh, no. Lindsay, you can tell him. Cooper Junior.
1: Cooper Junior. Okay. Cooper, I was going to guess it had something to do with Cooper.
2: Yeah. Coop was your old dog. Yep. Okay. Uh, did the kids name CJ, by the way? No, we decided
3: that we were going to come home with the name because if we let them decide, we'd still be trying to figure out.
2: (laughs) All right. Coach Cook, what event does Lindsay compete in on a horse?
1: Barrel racing.
2: Okay. A lot of people don't know that Lindsay, you are a really good barrel racer. Wow. I, I
3: try. I'm not, it's just a hobby. It's not, it's not something that, um, I devote a ton of time to. I, I was able to devote more time to it with COVID actually. So that was, that was really fun. Um, but yeah, it's something I enjoy and, and you and go and compete. Yeah. And in my, my plan down the road, when I told Ty in our retirement, we're going to get a nice trailer and we're going to travel and I'm going to have a horse that is a little bit faster than my current horse. And, uh, <laughs> We're going we're gonna to try that. We'll see how well that
2: goes. All right. Coach, last question. What does Lindsay like to order from Starbucks?
1: Uh, I was going to say I have no idea, but no, it's not coffee. It's uh, tea, green tea.
2: Yes. <laughs> Good job. I didn't think you'd pass all those questions.
1: <laughs> yeah. That Lindsay, was, that he, that was he a
2: tough am I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah. I am too. Good job. All right, Lindsay, at the end of our podcast, we, uh, or at the end of each episode, we always do a confession and a lesson. Coach Cook hates this. Yeah. Um, But the confession can just be something that people don't know about you, you know, a juicy story, whatever you want to say there. And then uh, the lesson is just some words of advice, words of wisdom, uh, something that, you know, people who listen to this or watch this episode can just take with them um, a piece of advice. So if you're ready... I'll let you go first. <clears throat> okay. Um, if you're confession. not ready, I'll have Coach Cook go first. Yeah, let's let him go first quick. Okay.
1: That's what we did with Russ Rose, too. So your readers better be good because his was great.
3: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: Okay. So, Lauren, I am actually made notes on this one. So What? Yeah. Wait a second. So
2: one of your confessions has to do with what we talked about?
1: No, no 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 no, no. no, no. no. It,
2: your confession can be like from 20 years ago i mean it, oh, confession it. Okay. can be whatever you want yeah. but usually he's he's trying to think of something on the spot and he never prepares and he's like what what is a confession again what's a lesson again and it's like we've been doing this for over a year now and he he still doesn't get with yeah. it he made notes so i'm very impressed by this nice because
1: yeah. it came to me while i was listening so. okay the first confession is that, that Lindsay is my spiritual advisor, and she lets me know when it's the holidays and when we're supposed to be in church, and and she makes sure we always have a, a church option when we're on the road, and she's always checking in with me on stuff and um, sends me little religious-type themed gifts, books, quotes, so, so she's my... She's one of the things her roles is she's my spiritual advisor, I call her.
2: I don't think then, that's in her role description. So that's yeah. awesome that she she goes above and beyond for you.
1: She's a very, very uh, spiritual woman. And, and that's why God gave her four boys. <laughs> Being around these girls all the time, it's the only way she can stay sane. <laughs> okay, lesson. Uh, this lesson was a, a, a lesson that um, I share with our team sometimes. So when Lindsay was, I can't remember, she was a fresh. I mean, she might've been a freshman and um, we're, I think we're having a morning practice and I get a call from Lindsay and, and she says, Hey, I'm going to be late. And I'm like, like, are you kidding me? And, and, and she goes, well, I'm coming from home or farm, which is like an hour away. And, and I said, why are you late? you know, because I'm thinking she slept in or something. She goes, well, we're trying to deliver this calf and we can't get it out. And, and, you know, we're going to get out really soon. Well, I'll just be like 20 minutes late. And that kind of like, you know, I, I've heard every excuse in the book I'm being late, you know, and, and that's the only time she was ever late her entire career. And, uh, but it's a great lesson for, you know, farm girl working and, and, trying to still get to practice, but calling me and letting me know what's going on. And so i that's when I really started gaining a lot of respect for Lindsay, just how she handled that. And, again, being a farm girl, she was tough. She played three positions in her college career, played every match of her college career, started every match, and um, was a captain and did a great job. And, and she was not a highly recruited player and probably has the, uh, the lowest – Husker Performance Index score of all time.
2: <laughs> hey, Lindsay gets after it in workouts. You should tr- Well, you've worked out I with her. I work out her. with
1: her. I run stadiums with her.
2: <laughs> yeah. She, she kicks both of our butts in workouts. I've worked out with her too. All right. Well, my little confession first of all, to
3: straighten that story out, it wasn't like we were in a fall season and I was late for practice. It was one of our winter individual training sessions because that's when we calve first of all and second of all i wouldn't be trying to miss practice during the fall i wasn't trying to miss practice anyway but that it was it was, a winter, it was a winter workout so i, I don't want to feel like i was not putting the team first on that one
2: did, the, did the calf get safely delivered heck yeah oh yeah good, good. Yeah. um so
3: confession um would be that this is maybe um, I can say this because I know my boys aren't listening, and but uh, um, Ty is not um, a big fan of sugar in our household or uh, candy or anything. So I tend to have a little bit of a sweet tooth, and so the boys, if they are to get candy at Halloween or Christmas or anything like that, a lot of times Ty bags it up and throws it away. Well, a lot of times I'll go grab that bag and bring that bag of candy back into my office to have in my office. And it's not just for me. It's for like Kelly comes in and has it. The girls come into the office and have it. But I mean, I can't let M&Ms go to waste. So the boys get one
2: bag of M&Ms and the rest usually end up in my candy dish office. Lindsay, I have to tell you, one of Coach Cook's confessions on an earlier episode was that he goes and steals the candy out of your candy jar. <laughs> he
3: takes he probably takes my Trader Joe's leg. Yep, he knows yeah. where it's hidden. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't I put do those the candy. in candy. I do those in my drawer, not on my candy dish. Okay. Yes. That's what he takes what's in the drawer. Yeah, I figured it they disappear a little quicker than I thought. <laughs> so um, and then my lesson was this was a while ago that this popped up, but I think it's a great thing to keep in mind during these times and i shared it with our team as well is it's a little quote and it just said worry looks around regret looks forward or regret looks back and faith looks forward and i think just right now um as we approach this season how important it is that we all kind of have faith that it's going to go okay for us and uh that um we hope we don't look back and regret what this time is during this COVID time that we didn't make the most of it, and we were able to come out and become a better team because of it. So, I felt like that's kind of a great lesson that we can apply to our team and staff during this
2: time. I love that. All right, I'm I'm skipping out on confession and lesson this week because oh, come I'm, on, I'm going to start letting our guest, uh, whoever our guest is, fill in for me. So, thank you all for for tuning in or watching this month's episode, Lindsay. Thank you so much. Uh, for I know you're crazy busy, but for taking time out of your schedule to be with us. Conversation with the Cooks is presented by U.S. Cellular, so thank you to U.S. Cellular as well. And we'll be back next month, which also happens to be my birthday month. Uh, so we'll, we'll start I celebrating. I think you oh. get an
3: extra special gift this year, Lauren, because you made your dad a grandpa. So that's I know. I Lindsay. think it deserves like a trip to
2: Cabo or something. <laughs> it's your birthday month too. Right, right. So maybe we can both go to Cabo. Yeah, you can send us both to, to Cabo.
1: <laughs> I think uh, I've already tried to take you twice, Lindsay. <laughs> I've gone once. Oh, you went once, okay.
2: You know, can we tell that story? Coach Cook, can you tell that story really quick? Which one? Well, just how every time tell, – tell Husker Nation how if you guys win a natty, you take your staff on a trip – and how the past two times what has happened with Lindsay. Oh,
1: but Lindsay went once?
2: I went last time. It was the time before, it was the very first
3: time after we won in Omaha in 15 that we, we got the flu bug in our family. And so I stayed home. I missed the trip. Thank thank God I didn't go. It was just the kids throwing up before I went, but it would have been the day we were traveling that it hit Ty and I. And let me tell you, having everyone in your house sick at the same time is not ideal. And I couldn't imagine being in Cabo doing that. That would have been, uh, that would have, the worst would have been, I'd been in a hotel room. when I should have been on the
2: beach. Okay. But you got to go the second time. I went the second time. Yep. We went the second okay. time and it was incredible. And coach, why did you start doing this? Just
1: as motivation. I think motivation. in 2015, um, I popped off one day I said, Yeah, if we went to Natty, I'll take you guys to Cabo. Yeah <laughs> just you know, and of course as soon as we win, Dan- Danny I think is like, we're yeah. going to Cabo, we're going to Cabo. I have i completely forgot about it. So but I kept my word.
2: You'll have to tell some Cabo stories on the next episode. We got
1: some great Cabo oh, stories.
2: Yeah. We'll have to bring Lindsay back to help <laughs> tell some of yeah. those <laughs> All right, well, hopefully by next month, we'll have played a few volleyball games and uh, maybe we'll have to do another birthday giveaway. So uh, be on the lookout for that. And anyways, can't wait to see how the Huskers do this season. Uh, Be sure to tune in to the radio or as Coach Cook said, I guess, watch TV. (laughs) You don't even hype your own daughter. It's fine. But I can't wait for you all to see who our guests will be next month. So thanks again and go Big Red.
0: Conversation with the Cooks is presented by U.S. Cellular. U.S. Cellular, proud to be the official wireless partner of the Huskers. Conversation with the Cooks is presented by Husker Sports, featuring Nebraska volleyball coach John Cook and former All-American Lauren Cook. Edited by Josh Hilkeman. Sound design by Brett Witte. Voiceover by Mike Elliott. Cover art provided by Sam Noonan. To find other Husker sports podcasts, subscribe to the Husker sports network, wherever you listen to podcasts or listen and find out more at huskers.com slash podcasts.